0: Producer Doug here. I just want you to know this is the fifth time I'm trying to record this, so I'm just going to shoot from the hip. All of our DCC audio wants you to know about Pop Culture Classroom. Now, this is a great program. They take comic books uh, to elementary schools, jails uh, to for like, you know, illiterate, barely literate children and, and, and prisoners and They, they do, they have many programs. I'm just making it sound terrible, so I'm sorry. Um, but I want to get this through. Uh, (laughs) uh, it, uh, is an education program, uh, with more than 600 hours of educational programming. Basically, it envisions individuals transformed by the educational power of pop culture to create diverse, inclusive, and engaged communities. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little Paul Sheer on this. Sorry. Look, it's a great program. And because of them, we're bringing you these great con exclusives from Denver Comic-Con. So please, please check them out. I think they're great. I mean, don't, there's so many things between the spectrum of elementary schools and prisons. There's middle schools and high schools and colleges and halfway homes and a van, you know, down by the river um, that... They hope that homegrown pop culture experiences can change the communities that we live in. I want this to go global, viral, globally. So please, check out Pop Culture Classroom. Uh, I think that's, uh, where's the, uh, there it is. At www.popcultureclassroom.org. They're legit. And hey. Hey give them some money you know why because you're not paying for this kick him a buck kick him a couple bucks where's my two dollars where it should go to pop culture classroom thank you so much enjoy the show
1: You
2: guys look so cute, lined like up on the little couch like
3: that. <laughs> I kind of like want to take a picture and then put that little picture of you guys in the kitchen. <laughs> it, is like, it is like therapy, it's like your two girlfriends <laughs> and the therapists,
1: right? <laughs> like, That's you secret, like your type. secrets
3: and your problems. Um,
2: so, first of all, did any of you guys, you know, obviously Buffy, this is the 20th anniversary of the show, our characters, mm. <laughs> have such longevity when you first took
4: the role. James, we can start with you there. I, I kind of suspected that it would. I, I, I'm a Star Trek fan.
1: I've
4: I, I been coming to conventions, like, I'm old, so I started coming to conventions at like, 74. Uh, I was, like, 13 years old, uh, dressed as Spock. Star Trek. And, you know is? I had yeah. I had ears. That, I had a friend that was really good at making up the made ears for my ears, and a big blonde afro.
1: That <laughs> <I> was gorgeous. <laughs>
4: and 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 the chicks dubbed me because I had a really good communicator. I was like, that's, that's awesome. was uh, awesome. But like uh, for me, like watching, I watched Star Trek over and over and over again. And even when I knew what the plot was going to do, even when I knew what all oh, of the dialogue was. It was still a world that I wanted to go back to, and I kind of was hoping, and kind of half suspected that we were making the same kind of thing, or hoping that we didn't about you? Well, I
3: knew that the writing was amazing, I knew Joss had created something out of this world, but I, yeah, absolutely, but I didn't Actually, as an actress, I was just thinking kind of the inside of the journey, and really not thinking about any of the impacts it would have or other people watching it. Really, so I didn't kind of think about any of that while doing it until getting to meet people and then sort of getting the feedback that people were really responding to it. And Mercedes? Um, well, I was 16 when we started oh, yeah. so I was actually A in
2: high school, <laughs> uh, and so I would go work to oh, tour and then something. Okay. My, my actual high school campus. So I could kind of feel that there was something percolating there. Um, but did I know twenty years later we'd be sitting on this couch? <laughs> so, yeah. so, thank you guys. So thank you. Um, if you guys have questions, we're gonna
1: yeah. we're gonna take some questions. We can start over here. Hi. Hi. Um,
2: so um,
1: Talking to into yeah. it. Like, <laughs> I'm just talking to it. All right. So, um, I kind of already asked Julia really, like, this question yesterday. Um, but, um, I mean, tweeted back and forth. Um, but my,
2: my question is, uh, Allison Hannigan said in a recent interview that she'd be
1: interested in a Buffy revival show. Um, specifically, like, an animated show, since you guys are a lot older. <laughs>
4: Everyone was telling me all week this is going to be a really hard shoot and it's going to be very painful and your back is probably going to be torqued by it, etc, etc. And I got into the rig and they, they the rig was such that it was a piece of cake actually. It wasn't really hard at all, but I didn't tell anybody because I wanted everyone to think I was tough.
1: <laughs>
4: and so they hoisted me up there and the first shot is over my shoulder onto Buffy's face who's looking up at me. Sarah gets on her mark and she goes, Oh, I don't know, James. I think I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm hanging up there. And I'm like, well, baby, it's your show. Why don't you go to the bathroom? I <laughs> don't want you to be uncomfortable. You and to be
1: upset. please go. <laughs> it's,
4: like, it's like, oh, I'm just joking. I'm like, and I just, like, keep laying it on. It's like, oh, come on, sir. You got that big old trailer back there? You know, like, that television with 150 million channels. Why don't you watch them? me down. Could like, you please come down, James? And I'm like, no, no. And finally, it only took about 20 minutes, she, she finally came back, she took her mark, she's like, I'm ready now. And i like, well, if you're ready, go.
3: Scripts and we had them in enough time in that period that we would actually get together. James is a theater actor, has a theatre background, as do I, and so we would rehearse and we would come in super prepared and and it just made the work super fluid and fun and creative and we kind of did stuff that you don't usually get a chance to on television. And I think a lot of that came from us getting together and, and putting back rehearsal time because on television what they call a rehearsal is really a camera rehearsal, like a blocking and you're basically moving around the space and then it's action and you're shooting and you're on to the next scene. So that was something that I just really treasured because I think we were able to sort of take it to a level that you don't always get to. Um, but in terms of a funny story, um, David, on the episode where you get, um, you know, injured, so you end up in a wheelchair, which I know you for that whole ceremony. And I don't know why I decided to play it in the back bend. I, I, after that, I was like, oh, I'm never doing that again. It was like 16 hours in the back bend, you know, so, so like, this was really intelligent choice. But the funny thing about it was, it looked cool. Uh, and you actually were giving me massages in between, because I was like, I can't walk, I can't walk. But Dave and I uh, were belted, like we were wrapped really, really tightly together and we hadn't really worked so much together so we were right up against each other and it was like, hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you? And And then, what happened is they actually called lunch and everybody left and they forgot
4: Yeah, well that's a hard one too, because that's the
1: other side of Buffy, you know? For me,
4: Um, sir. Like, Buffy was, on one end of it, like the most fun I've ever had in my life, but it was also on the other end of it in some ways really terrifying. Because when you, usually when you do a movie or a play, you read the script beforehand and decide if you want to go through that, or show and sometimes you know I read a script and I'm like no thank you I don't want to I don't want to experience that or I don't I don't want to go through that. Um, when you do a television series, usually once you film the pilot or one episode, you pretty much know what's going to be asked of you, and that's why sometimes television's go to little boring, right? When you work with Josh Blee, <laughs> like all bets are off, and you are you are contractually obligated to do whatever that man thinks. Of. <laughs> and it gets to the point where you. It become you're kind of like reading scripts like <laughs> um, in hindsight I'm proud of everything. Uh, but sometimes it was actually really challenging, um, especially emotionally. Uh, but one of my favorite challenges was when I talked him into letting uh, letting me light myself on fire. <laughs> that it uh, it it was when it was when Spike um, he is is following you around and you've dumped me and I get drunk and fall asleep uh, outside and I'm only woken up by the sun and it's like fire, right? (laughs) So, and I'm I'm always fighting for trying to do as many stunts as I can. And they were telling me, like James, you can't have that stunt. That's the most dangerous stunt in Hollywood. It's called a, a, it's a a naked burn, which is to say that most of the time when they light a stuntman on fire, they light the clothes on fire. But when it's just the hand, there's not a lot of protection (laughs) here. So what they do is they, they just, they, they dump your hand in, the, in uh, protective fluid, and then you dump your hand in the fuel, and they light one on fire. And you have a very few seconds while that protective layer is burning off very quickly, and the timing is everything. Um, and idiot, masters I felt like, like it said I have four seconds. You have four seconds between the time you light one fire and the time you have to extinguish the fire. And I was thinking it would be funnier, like if, if Spike is waking up, and it, you know when you're waking up and you don't really know if you're dreaming, it takes you a while to figure out what's going on, I'm like, hey, beautiful fire, man. <laughs> oh, oh no! That would be funnier than quick. So I let it go for eight seconds and I burned myself to a crisp. And luckily it was the last episode, uh, I was only in one episode that year, uh, it was four, uh, season four. And so I'm coming off the set, and like, the blisters are raising all over the hand. And I'm just thinking, get off the set. Like, Don't tell them that you're hurt, uh, <laughs> or they'll never let you do another stunt. So like, go to the hospital. Go directly to the hospital. You get your own doctor, kind of thing. And so and, and, like, it's the last episode. It's
3: Where for, for a couple of reasons. The episode where um, I have the confessional scene with uh, Angelus, uh, where it's back in time and, and uh, you've seen Drew before she was a vampire for the first time. And it was basically like kind of a three page monologue, and I got it the day before. So, and it was important because it's like, oh, this establishes the character before the character that we've already seen, and so I basically was, you know, kind of cramming <laughs> to be able to shoot it. And then, um, we shot it. But what well, was crazy is because right after that, we were doing a sequence where I killed Kendra. And we couldn't have, uh, you know, it played very importantly that the Drusilla's manicure, her nails, because I sliced Kendra's neck with my nails. And we couldn't have me in 1853 with that manicure. So Todd McIntosh was like, okay, well, we'll do these press on nails for the other sequence. Uh, so that that way we won't be we're holding up production and whatever. Which in theory was great, but what happened is we were doing this fight choreography, and a couple things happened. The first thing that happened is that I was working with Bianca, and we did all the, the choreography, and every time we rehearsed it, you, you always do it to be safe, you kind of do it slowly in choreography, and you get faster and faster, and then you shoot it. And every time she was supposed to actually kick me right around here, like my hands were like right around here, she was and she did it every time, but something happened the moment they called action. I think she got really excited, and I saw her foot, and instead of it coming like right here, it was going way higher, and I was like, oh no. What's funny about this is that, so, so, the next take, actually in that take, I actually think it's the one that's used in the episode, because what happened was, right after that I actually grabbed her by the neck, and I literally grabbed her by the neck, <laughs> and I looked at her like, don't do that again.
1: <laughs>
3: and I'm like, we have to concentrate here and be safe, and I back into the wall, and it's actually the take that was used, I think, is the intensity in that. Is- By then shooting in this sequence with you know a concussion and in four-inch heels. But I had these press-on nails, so every time we were doing the sequence, and we'd be doing this sort of intricate choreography of moving back and forth, these nails would go. <laughs> 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 so we kept trying to tell you how to do it again. We're like, oh no, the nails are coming off again. <laughs> so it was just kind of challenging, but ultimately nobody would ever know that any of that was going on. <laughs>
2: We were thinking in the last like five minutes we'd do a Buffy quiz and see who the biggest Buffy fan was. like just seeing you out in the wild to the best guys. The show together and it brought us closer, or, or I had you know cancer and I was watching it when I was in the hospital. That's to me what's really, really meaningful and impactful, and it, it just makes me realize it's such a small little part of my life for it to go out there and, and maybe brighten someone's day just a tiny, tiny bit. That's 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 really special for me.
3: Yeah, it's the same. It's really amazing when you meet people and they tell you that the show or your character or whatever um, helped them. Particular time and they share what that time was and a lot of, you know, we all go through good times and bad times and so if, if, if it can help some of the bad times, it's pretty amazing. That's a really
4: dangerous question. You know, <laughs> so that,
1: that, that,
4: yeah. It kind of makes me to take myself seriously. When did you realize you thought of something that affected
1: the world?
4: <laughs> the truth is, you know, like when you're doing it, uh, for me, I was just, while we were filming, I think Juliet was right in a way, Like we were really just trying to do a good job day to day. And we were, we were aware that the writing is amazing. And we just really wanted to try to be as good of an actor as the writing was, which is kind of impossible, you know? Um, I'm just really, I'm, I'm really grateful that I was part of something that ended up mattering. Uh, I was one of them, and I'm, I'm, I'm just lucky that it happened, and that's all I got.
2: We all like each other and we enjoy being around each other um, and so you only can hope for a job like that once, once in a lifetime and we have collaborated with the show.
4: and I don't know how to put up a little boundary things are going a little further than I want to have, so I'm new at this. And then we're at a cocktail party. People around, we're all drinking out. Two ladies come up. One's in a wheelchair. They're both about 70, 75 years old. And, I, and one of them asked me, um, are
1: my friend has a friend like to ask you? <laughs> sure, what's up? And here
2: This is my, yeah, I mean, this is, I love Denver. I love you guys. You're my peoples.
1: Thank you, and thank you guys for having Okay, here's what we're going to
2: do. We're going to take one more question. While we're taking this question, if you want to be in the Buffy quiz, if you want to guess, if you think you're a huge Buffy fan, then raise your hand. People with the mics, please pick like eight people and you guys come up front while we're answering your question.
0: Go ahead.
3: Go ahead. Okay, so
1: I started watching this show when I was nine. I'm only
2: 17 now. And I didn't know James Marsters was American up until I started watching interviews.
4: For six months. And he did not ask. He did not knock at the trailer. He would just walk into my trailer and we would sit down on the script and go over word for word until he was satisfied that I wasn't going to embarrass him back in England. (laughs) And we got a lot better. I I got to say, I'll tell you, you the what he killed me off.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
2: It gets the first chance to answer. Okay. Hold on, is this it? No one else? Two six, seven, eight, perfect. Thank you. Buffy movie, as well as the TV show? Seth Green. Correct, Seth Green. In the end, his scenes were cut from the movie, but obviously he ended up in the show. She has one point. You guys remember. Okay. <laughs> now, don't sit for it, because it's a 10, they'll be like, on the stage, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Number two, finish this sentence from the show and name the character who said it. Quote, and you've got people. Billions of people walking around like... Well, we gotta have a full quote. around
3: Happy
1: On flights, yeah.
3: Happy Meals with It um, And
1: we're, sp- we're going to give it to you.
2: All right. sp- James says yes, so you get it.
0: You, you need a thank
2: him later. Okay, and you look great. Number three. What was the name of the first set of issues of Buffy Season 8? Yes. No. Buffy Season 8. Yes? No Like Home? No. Okay. The answer is No Place Like Home was my premiere episode in Season 5. The answer was The Long Way Home. Number four, what is Xander's middle name? Laval. Lavelle is correct.
0: All right. Number five, in Buffy
2: season eight, who did they reveal as the character Twilight? Angel is correct. So do you have two points? Wait, one, one, one. Raise your hand if you have one point. In the movie, who did Buffy hope to marry when she graduated high school? Yes. Dress. Did I create a quiz that was too hard? <laughs> okay. Anybody in the audience know? Go ahead. Correct. Good job. All right. I think you and the Christian Slater answer. Come on up because you guys can. Run run run. Alright, okay, number <laughs> number eight. How did Mutant Entertainment end every buffy episode? <laughs> with a
1: little man. Guard. yes. A, with a little man or with It's a
2: vampire. A vampire, yes. you're right. Grr, she vampire. has the tattoo. She has the
1: tattoo. Yes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> you should have I don't know.
2: Blame him. Okay. did Buffy slay between the movie and the show? Oh, I'm going
1: to give it to the...
2: <laughs> if you know...
1: <laughs> okay, how many vampires did Buffy slay between the movie and the show?
2: No. Hold on. Anyone in the quiz line? Yes. Sixty-five times two is seven hundred and thirty. Okay. So, so who has two points? Two points. <laughs> and we're the actors. We don't have to
1: understand this. All right. So we
2: need a tiebreaker for the three with uh, two points. Anybody have a good tiebreaker?
0: Check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and No Applause, Just the Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher.
1: Oh yeah!